Welcome to Breaking Good, the officially unofficial podcast for Breaking Bad on AMC. I'm Jim. And I am Aaron. And today we're covering Season 2, Episode 11, entitled Mandala. Indeed we are. Uh, what is a mandala? It is uh, some kind of uh, Sanskrit symbol. I know uh, you know, because we talked about this earlier. <laughs> it was on the uh, Insider Podcast. Yeah. Uh, so it's a, a Buddhist term talking about universal balance and spiritual enlightenment. It's mm. um, like a great... As found in heroin? Great spiritual wheel of rebirth and death and renewal and events and consequences. And it's tied into the concept of karma. Um, you know, what goes around comes around. And okay. the, I mean, the, the name game you could play here is extensive. Combo. Sure. Got what was coming. Literally, birth, literally death and birth cycle right there because mm-hmm. you know combo exits beginning and uh, Walt's new daughter is coming in at the end. Uh, you've yeah. got that plus you've got the uh, eternal circle of criminals. You know the next in line, the the kid that shot combo, mm. uh, the turf war, uh, Walt's cancer emerging and then going into recession. Um, you know, them going now once again into a new distribution relationship, the drug use return with Jane. I mean, it's just that yep. it's interesting with uh, Villigan and his crew kind of really tightly plotting the season is that there is a whole lot of internal references mm-hmm. and it all kind of tracks through cleanly. So, uh, yeah, any, any, any ones I missed? Uh, not that I know of. No. what do you think of this episode? I like this episode a lot. This is a really strong episode. One of, I mean, there's some episodes I like just from a pure drama and, and physical pleasure. Uh, I really like this as a serious student of Breaking Bad because I felt like a lot of linchpin moments, which we'll talk oh, yeah. about in the spoiler section. But there's a lot of, you know, a lot of intersection between the another one of those between classic Breaking Bad and new Breaking Bad, which is, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like postseason three pre-season three. I, honestly, a lot of this stuff happens in season two. A lot more of the evolution to modern Breaking Bad happens way earlier than I ever would have thought. Yeah, me too. Um, and we say that all the time, but... I know. Honestly, I mean, it's true. Going through this, I've been shocked. Yeah. Yeah. I se- Several times I've been blown away by how soon things are introduced. So that kept happening, and there's a lot to talk about in the spoiler section about what this means and there there's a there's a line in particular that had me really buzzing about a better call Saul and whether sure. we can draw any conclusions from that. So, you know, again, it'll be it'll be a rollicking spoiler section this this <laughs> oh, week, yeah. I feel. Yep. Speaking of better call Saul, just last time we can pivot to the Breaking Bad fans. Uh, we're going to have full coverage of that bad boy. Uh, no instant cast Sunday night, but there will be an instant cast Monday night where we're going to talk about the two new episodes that come out Sunday and Monday as a unit. Mm-hmm. Our full podcast for the first episode will be out Tuesday. Full podcast for the second episode will be out Wednesday and then every subsequent Wednesday because they're going to an every subsequent Monday <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> rotation. Our schedule is weird because AMC's schedule is weird. Well, so. I mean, it's smart. They're trying. I mean, it is. We, we should probably do more of this where <laughs> we take synergy between our shows, but I'm yeah. trying to do it right here. We but, need to get the, the YouTube Netflix thing going where... Sure. You play one of our podcasts. Oh, there's another one playing. Yeah, yeah. Right oh, you did. End. You didn't stop it. Boom! Yep. Next episode. You have to interfere, or we will be ruining ruining con- your life constantly. It's a game of content chicken. 
yeah, you should get up and clean the house, but there's another episode. Yeah. That never stops. It seems it's like a, these days there's always another Bald Move episode. It's a mandala-like out. wheel of just continuing <laughs> podcast cir- death and circulation and whatnot. Yep. Um, and it ends badly for everyone. <laughs> spectacularly so. <laughs> uh, director of this episode, uh, Adam Bernstein, who is okay. most famous for his series of children's books on bears teaching morality <laughs> lessons. <laughs> that is not true. But in the side, he uh, has uh, directed eight total episodes of Breaking Bad, including, uh, you know, one of my favorites, Box Cutter, that's going to be coming down the pike Ooh. in a little bit. Um, spoiler alert, I don't even want to know the names of them. No, well, so spoiler alert for the people that are, like, really in the know. The non-spoiler people is going to go over your head. But there is a super mandala cycle of birth and re and, and and death in this particular episode that involves box cutter and it's glorious okay uh he's also uh doing the uh one of the episodes of better call saul uh the episode entitled jello which did we we didn't talk about that yeah, in the preview the, cast. we didn't talk about the names they're really weird let's not get into that because yeah. this is the breaking bad podcast okay. he's directed nurse jackie masters of sex californication uh hmm. fargo he is a he's a directing maniac he's a monster All right. Uh, written by Breaking Bad alum George Mastris, um, who, personal Aaron connection, he directed, had uh, wrote two episodes of a sci-fi series, The Dresden Files, which was loosely based on my favorite set of novels. Unfortunately, the show sucked and was canceled. There was a show for that? Yes. That's what. That's my exact reaction. I was like 12 <laughs> books in, and something, I'm like, there's a show for that? And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to watch. Oh, God, this is terrible. Huh. That's um, too bad. He's also the younger brother of Maria uh, Jacques Maton, uh, who is a producer and scriptwriter for Mad Men. Oh. Talented family here. All right. And I found out from the Insider podcast that his brother is an oncologist, or as he likes to say, a cancer doctor. Uh, And he got a lot of inside information about, you know, various cutting edge, aggressive cancer treatments right from the horse's mouth. Nice. Or in this case, his brother's mouth. Maybe what those treatments would cost and all that stuff. Uh, Among other episodes that he's written, uh, Tahajali, Dead Freight, Crawl Space, Mm. Strong Stuff all around. um, Yeah. And Mandala. Yeah, for people who haven't seen those. Again, blow your hair back. Yeah. All right. uh, Should we get into the recap? Yes, yes, we should. Let's do it. We start off with Combo selling drugs on the corner of, uh, on a street corner. We've been to that corner. We have, yeah. It there, looks just like it. I want to say the little Heisenberg face that's written, that's drawn on the ground might be where Brock, or where the kid stood to shoot yeah, Combo. Or shot Combo for the first time. I, I think maybe, because Combo runs out into the street, and yeah. he's like kind of on the sidewalk the first time he gets shot. Yeah. Just so you know, we've got on our Facebook site, at facebook.com slash bald move, we've got a little album of our trip out to Albuquerque, and mm-hmm. we've got a lot of a lot of pictures of this co- uh, corner and us standing uh, under the street sign where Combo references when he's calling Skinny P, or who, who was he calling for? Skinny Pete. Yeah. Okay, for, for backup. Backup. Yep. Yeah, that's the muscle you want to well, show Well, you don't up. want to call Badger for backup. He's going to stop off and get Funyuns. Yeah. Although Skinny Pete will get lost. Yeah, like, that's true. That's give true. him directions. He'll be going the gonna... wrong way into the desert. Yeah, crossing a river. What? Uh, but I, if we ever go back, which I hope we do, I'd like to you know, get a cardboard stencil, like Banksy style, just like the Heisenberg would do uh-huh. a combo one, RIP combo. Like a chalk outline of, yeah. of combo in the road? Yeah. Only, cool. I, instead of black, I'd paint it uh, pearl 
Lexus White. <laughs> yes. For respect for the man. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Because, I mean, the man's fashion sense is on point. This ice cream tracksuit he's wearing oh, yeah. is amazing. It's nothing like it. No. It's, uh, it's, uh, do you think they buried him in it? I mean, it's kind of bloody. Yeah, uh, maybe a new one. Maybe yeah. they, they got him a new shirt. Sure. Although, I don't know if that bullet make it out the back of him. I doubt it. <laughs> well, the thing is, is he, he ended up, because that's he, the, the combo died hard. Uh-huh. Uh, Real hard, yeah. But he ended up face down in a pool of his own blood. So I, I'm thinking uh, that yeah. that's just, you know, maybe they died pink. I don't know. Okay. Uh, it, anyway, someone somebody rolls up, doesn't buy anything or say anything. Uh, he gets shot. They go across the street. He calls for backup. And boom, the kid shoots him. Sure. Uh, cool bike cam. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Just the the first shot we see of just a kid innocently riding his bike. Mm-hmm. And it was fucking shocking, that scene. I did not expect anything like what I saw. I, yeah, I, initially watching this, I thought we were going to see, you know, and what I'm saying initially, 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 uh, that we, that somehow this kid was going to be caught up in a crossfire. Yeah. And there's going to be a crisis of conscience for uh, Jesse and Walt. Uh-huh. I didn't see the kid dropping hammer. On this yeah, guy. that's worse. This kid is super young. He's like 11, 12. Yeah, honestly, it's almost worse that the kid would would get caught up in uh, this crime stuff versus getting killed, right? Yeah. Like, you hate to see the kid. You you know he's going to have a kind of a bad life going forward right. if he gets hooked in this so early. Right. Uh, so. Yeah, and I, I don't know. I The kid played it very well. I mean, showing that he was just really kind of frightened yeah um almost like he expected it to be like a toy gun yeah like not that he was told it was a toy but he didn't really understand what was going to happen when he fired that right and even the way combo played it where it's like you know slurpy shattered and he's like what the fuck and then he realized he'd been shot yeah i think he was more disappointed about the slurpy (laughs) hadn't put two and two together and it's like if i die that's my last slurpy ever also you know it's a bullet a bullet. I can take a bullet. But really? my Slurpee's gone. And then he got shot like five more times. Mm, mm, he yeah. kicked in. I don't know. Combo, it's funny because Combo was the group's muscle, right? I think so. Like, yeah. if, if, if the group is Badger, Jesse, Skinny Pete, and uh, Combo, Combo for sure. And, He's and, the toughest uh, looking, yeah. He, he held that corner like a soldier. And he got gunned down like one, so. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, we go to uh, the doctor's office. Walt's meeting with them, and his family's there with him. They're talking about uh, lobectomy, which is something I think Shane in The Walking Dead needs. But Good. He could <laughs> use a lobectomy tuck. But really, they want to cure him. They, they they think this is the way to do it, and Walt agrees. Mm-hmm. Decides, yeah, I'm going to do it. Do you think it's highly ironic to talk about you know the, the risk that this procedure you're going to have to undertake? A little bit. I mean, he's in remission, so... There's a good chance. I mean, there's a po- possibility that it never becomes an issue for him again, right? But what they really want to do is they just want to take care of it once and for all. No, I just thought it was funny that the doctor's saying, like, you know, it might seem he's talking to Heisenberg about high risk. Oh, that kind of that irony. kind of irony. Yeah. Okay. You know? And Walt's yes. like, uh, so did you? Th- I I was a little struck because at the end of last episode we had the classic "Stay out of my territory." Yeah. Where Walt's coming roaring back, regardless. But then they, I felt like that maybe it's a little bit sloppy writing, or maybe this was a vesticle scene that they couldn't quite trim out. But they gave him additional motivation for the expensive surgery. Okay, 
I I don't know. I felt like it deludes the point of him being in this for his his you know reputation, his pride to make it about the money yet again. You know, like I read that at, on that bet. I read that more as he's going to do it anyway. So 200 grand is not a problem. Hmm. Like he knows he's got what? 700 grand, almost 600 grand coming from the stuff he's cooked. If he can sell it all. Right. Uh, 200 grand. Now that he's alive and kicking and going to be able to cook more is not a big deal for him. Yeah. But I was thinking that also Jesse said, you know, in one of his angry rants later, it's like, you're just going to come up with a new magic number. You got bills to pay. Yo. Oh yeah. But it's like, again, they're blurring the lines between this, you know, doing it. And maybe that's intentional doing it for the family. Totally. Doing it for his vanity, doing it because he has to pay the bills, uh, which I thought, I don't know. It somehow muted the whole, for me, um, hmm. stay out of my territory deal. Okay, it, it didn't do that for me. I thought it was more reinforcing the idea that Walt is now in this for good. He is mm. cooking. That's what he does now that he's not going to die. Uh, speaking a little Mandela-esque action here, they rescheduled the surgery, which the doctor was like, boy, okay, we can push it four weeks so you can see your daughter, but we can't push any further. Like, it's, it's, this is a time-critical thing. We got the cancer right where we want it. Yeah. So Walt is risking his own life essentially to see his daughter hmm. and then at the end he flushes it all away <laughs> to sell drugs does he i think it's debatable at the end all of right well, let's get because i've got a lot to say about that scene okay and i got a lot to say about a lot of shit so let's let's put the pedal to the metal all right uh before we move on from the scene i thought skyler's reaction was interesting here when he immediately just says yep let's do it because if you recall, yeah. at the beginning of this series, sure. she was very much saying, yes, let's do it. Let's absolutely Anything, do it. And Walt no. was like, mm, well, I want a choice here, and I want to take it. Let's talk about this. Now it's reversed, and she very much feels kind of put out by that. Uh, it, it, I almost wonder if she doesn't even want him to live at this point. <laughs> I don't know, because I feel like that they've been making a point where, yeah, she's conflicted about Ted and all that, but... Yeah, there is a lot of trust and love built back up. I took right. it as maybe he had such an intense negative reaction to her bullying slash pressuring him into doing the expensive surgery option mm-hmm. uh, that she was kind of like, oh, are you sure you don't, you know, kind of like Skylar has trouble just getting bad news. We saw it with the cancer oh, yeah. uh, diagnosis that she just kind of like really belabored a point about, oh, this is good. She doesn't have she, she doesn't take winning very well. Okay. You know, it's like mm-hmm. she or she doubts the fact that she's she's won. I'm not sure exactly how to say that, but that's the thought that I got that she was just like blown away by his unequivocal uh, expensive surgery. Risky uh, might shorten my life. Sure. Why not? Yeah. I mean, I was exaggerating when she when I said she might not want him to live. However, but... So how do we square this reaction with Walt beating the shit out of the paper towel dispenser when he found that he had longer to live? That was that was before, you know, stay out of my territory. Right. He was kind of he just got the news. He's like, man, I thought I was out. He punches a paper towel dispenser. He goes home, tries to fix a couple. But what's things. changed between that episode? I mean, I, I think he got intensely bored. Yeah. For one. And realized that it was not cutting it to cut out the bottom right. of the house. Right. Uh, There's only so many felt like he had to. water heaters and floorboards. I can yeah. replace before I, you know, go crazy. Yeah. All right. All right. I'll buy that. You had a little time to think about it. Sure. Uh, okay, at school, Walt checks his messages and calls Jesse up, and Jesse gives him the bad news about Combo. Uh, Walt asks who which, he is. Which one is he? <laughs> He's like, uh, Combo, yeah, which one is he again? And Jesse hangs up on him, rightly mm-hmm. so. 
Yeah, it's that's a dick move. He's yeah, met these I, guys. This is the thing that Walt is not acknowledging here is that he is. This is exactly what Jesse said would happen. Yeah, if he went for this turf war, moving in on sure. other people's turf stuff, and Jesse. Jesse doesn't say it, but he's kind of surprised that Walt doesn't understand it or is just oblivious or doesn't acknowledge it at least. Plus, he's just mad that this is his friend that's died and yeah. Walt doesn't even know who the hell it is. And there's it's kind of like, there. why would he why would that be the first question he asks? Um, you know, I, I felt like there's a little bit of Walt trying to calculate how big a blow this is. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Well, if it's Badger, oh, who gives a shit, you know? But <laughs> or if Skinny people serves him right, he got he he lost money for us once. But you know, it's like he was trying to decide how much of maybe a fuck he was to give. Ho- maybe he was hoping it was Badger. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's the really dumb one, right? No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I I it's an offensive question just on the face of it. Definitely. I just wish he would acknowledge that his actions are having consequences. Jesse had told him this would happen, yeah. and now it is, and he just is oblivious. We know who's not oblivious to it. Skinny, Skinny Pete, Pete, yo. Yeah. Skinny Pete is on point. Yeah, he's out, man. He comes over to Jesse's house. He's like, you know what? I've been thinking about this. It's not worth it. I'm out. Uh, Je- even though Jesse's like, yeah, we'll make it right. We're about to make a whole bunch of money. That's which was Walter's pitch to Jesse way back when we had the bowl of pretzels and the Fago sodas. Yeah. Jesse's not as good at working Skinny Pete as Walt is working Jesse. Definitely not. <laughs> Um, I, I don't think Jesse is as smart as Walt. So, yeah, I can understand And also, that. this is the scene where we got the dro- uh, bomb drop that everybody now knows Jesse's deep, dark secret. Yes. Which is he did not kill Spooge. Yeah, and that kind of shakes Jesse a little bit. Yeah. You know, he was relying on that in a lot of ways to make this turf war work. Sure. Or uh, to avoid, the more, or more accurate, yes. to avoid the turf war. Yeah, the invasion of turf was only predicated on that. So. Sure. It's a shame. Uh, Walt blames Jesse in Saul's office for this whole thing, which is dumb because he's really the guy at fault here. Sure. And he's pissy about the smoking. You know, he's like, <laughs> he's goes, ju- yeah, he's just being a dick. Yeah. It's a great, it's a funny scene, though. It's, 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 I don't know. It's good, Jesse, good Walt, good uh, Saul. What do you mean you don't know? Yeah, it's, it's the worst of Walt, though. Like, I hate to see Walt like this because he's a smart guy, he's sure. capable, but so is Jesse. And, and God, I just wish he would acknowledge that it's his mistakes. You know what it's like? It's like a soccer player or a basketball player increasingly flopping on the court. <laughs> like he's taking something like Jesse being careless with the smoke and like, oh, oh I've got cancer. What? Ha ha. You know, in, instead of being yeah. like, you know, do you really care that much about your cancer status? He he doesn't care about breathing in a little smoke. Yeah, but he's he's doing it just to try to get a whistle from the refs. I yeah. think that's kind of the the shit weasel aspect of Walt, when you see it, it's it like really, really yeah. Ugh, it just digs at me, yeah, man. Yeah. I, ugh. Yep. Anyway, um, there's a lot of stuff I want to talk about in this scene with uh, spoilers. Yep, We're not going to get there because they're, they're talking with Saul about what happened. And then they say, Hey, uh, we've got a lot of inventory here and my health is doing better. And Saul's ears perk up. When Although, they, and when Walt he hears initially is talking money war. Yeah. Well, it's like, we need to get dependable dealers. We need to get muscle. Until we need to, Saul tells him We need suck. retribution. Yeah, he's like, yeah. Um, hmm. Tough talk, guys. You suck at peddling math. Sure, sure. And he's absolutely right. Uh, so they ask him for his help. And he says, you know, I know a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy. Mm. And uh, he can hook him up with an honest-to-God businessman. Right. 
I think that's exactly what they need. You know, they're reluctant to get into business with another Tuco. It's like Tuco, only not crazy. Yeah. And not on speed. And, oh, and the best part of this whole thing is he says, you know, the, the businessman reminds me a lot of you, Walt. Which... And you can see Jesse roll his eyes when he hears that. He's like, God, another one of these guys. Well, also, I feel like Saul's got a really good beat on Walt. Like, remember that whole speech where he's trying to sell his legal services and he threw in these, like, like Walt's too smart for flattery, but he's not smart enough to avoid Saul's backdoor flattery where, hmm. you know, yeah, yeah I, I want to be, you know, I want to be your uh, uh, Tom Hagen implying that you are Vito or Michael Corleone. That's puffs him up. Sure. Uh, this guy's like this, you know, he's been doing this 20 years. He's smart. He's careful. He's intel. He sounds a little like you, like. Yeah, he's got a good way of making Walt sign off in any of his plans. Yeah, see, Walt does that, or I'm sorry, Saul does that Weasley stuff a lot better than Walt. Sure, I just I enjoy watching Saul do it. I think that Saul is to Walt as Walt is to Jesse, as far as getting him to go along with increasingly bad ideas. Okay, so that's yeah. my that's my theory. I'm gonna be he watching a lot, it a lot more experience for sure. And we're, we're we're about to see all that in Better Call Saul. Yep. And his accompanying podcast companion, Better Castle, on the Bald Move Network. <laughs> What's that? I've not heard of that. At baldmove.com. Jesse and Jane are hanging out, and he's depressed. And he's he's still distraught over Combo, and he asks her to leave because he wants to go smoke some meth. And she tries to, not, to convince him not to, but he tells her to leave anyway. And instead, she goes, locks the door, and heads into the bedroom, where they do drugs. They do drugs. They, Jane is back off the wagon. 18 months of sobriety thrown away. Off the wagon? Yeah, she fell off the wagon. Fell, okay. The wagon is sobriety. When you fall off, you, right. you, yeah. And then you got to run and chase it and catch up. Yeah, and it's, get it's back. Hard. Every time it's harder. It's and, you, tougher. and now you're drunk yeah. slash high. You can't chase a wagon. <laughs> no. And the even wagon's got to stop and back up for you. And even if you're doesn't. fast enough, you're just going to fall right back off. Yeah, you know. It's a vicious it cycle. It sucks being an addict, man. Yeah. Uh, man, I did not like to see this. It's like, I get where Jesse's coming from here. That is his coping mechanism. He's going back to drugs, but you know, Jane has been sober for a long time and and it gets especially dark in a couple scenes where, you know, she, they, Jesse says, let's go to the museum and she rolls over. Yeah, sure. Okay. And just hits hits the the pole again. Oh my God. Went from zero to addict super fast. (laughs) Well, once Which an addict, always an addict. You know, that strikes me as re, as uh, uh, it strikes me as very accurate because I guess I, yeah. uh, I've got a food addiction, which sucks because you All just right. can't swear off of it. Yeah, yeah. And you know, every time I've had a diet, like I'm going around good, but when I fall off the food wagon or the not eating food wagon, it's usually just like fuck it, get me the box of ice cream. I'm gonna yeah, start yeah. eating raw cheese right out the fridge whatever just shove it in my gob bags of chips it's never like i have a drink i I feel like that's the way it is with an alcoholic or um you know a meth addict it's not like oh i'm just gonna do the one time if you start off with that intention and then it's like oh yes i remember what this is like give me more yeah no totally Uh, even like so i jesse's not a junkie i don't think the way that Jesse's a Jane junk- is. Yeah, Jesse's a junkie when things go badly for him. He's a situational junkie and and yeah. get, but he's a I mean it I don't know, like there's people that can just quit smoking and mm-hmm. then start smoking and then quit smoking cold turkey and it's not a big deal. Like 
but there's a person like Jane where there's no way they can just casually do drugs. Yeah. I, I'm I'm the Jesse of food, surely. Like okay. when I get in a really bad funk. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, you overeat. Right. You, on. you do a little uh, extra drinking, stuff like that. Right. But you know, it's not it's not the Jane levels where sure. you just can't live without it no. once you once you get into it. No, but I mean the, the most successful I'm usually am gonna die is when I just eat super fucking boring, bad food tasting food. <laughs> And you get you you get into a habit long enough, and you forget how good food tastes, and then it's like, okay, well, I'm just you know, I've got I've, uh, fi- I've got the food as fuel relationship going, and I've broken that connection. But all it takes <laughs> is like one dinner out, and bam! Oh my god, the steak tastes really good. You're you're back. Under Why? The- yes, I'll have another helping of dinner rolls. <laughs> back Bring me under- some of that cinnamon butter too. Back and under then- the wagon. <laughs> yep. Yep. Soaring high above the wagon on your heroin binge. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, Jesse, wait. No, we go to Los Poyos Romanos. No, you think, though, in this scene that, like, God, if only Jane had walked out that door. Oh, yeah. If only Jesse had. Because she offered to take him to the, 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 the meetings. Yeah. And she's it, like, it won't help. And he's like, oh, yes, it will. I will not be thinking about combo here shortly. Yeah. So. Hmm. Mm. All right. We go to, to the chicken shack, which is uh, Aaron's addiction. Yep. Walt's meeting the uh, the Fried guy, chicken. and Jesse shows up, but the guy never does. And they talk about combo a little bit, but Walt doesn't really seem to care, so Jesse leaves again. This is an ankle grab, yo. I really like how they completely do not even suspect that this chicken guy is the guy. Yeah. It's really well shot. It's, it's a, sure. a well-unfolded story here where... You know, the guy comes over, it's innocent. Because that's what you do at a restaurant. A guy comes up, asks you how it's going, and sure. you say, great, see ya. That's a new trend, which I hate, by the way. I hate the managers coming around and checking on to see if everything's okay. I really don't. like. Yeah, I wish, like, so I like the the restaurants where they have, like, a flag that you can put up or, like, a card that you can flip over. A like <laughs> A piece of flair you can, when you, you can want When you want to say, Brandish. yeah. That's it's smart, good, you yeah. know. Like I'm out of water, I'm gonna flip a card. Yeah, come over here because I need something. Sure, sure. It's it's like if a stewardess in an airplane just constantly came around and said, "Are you okay? Are you okay? Are you doing right. good?" Yeah. No. Well, there's a call button up there. If I'm not okay, I will. Or it's call like you. the equivalent of like if you're sleeping, if they shook you awake, like, do you need a pillow? It's like, <laughs> you know, if I'm eating yeah. my food and having a conversation with my friends and family, I'm mid laugh or I'm mid whatever, and, and they come over and it's like, "Is everything okay?" It's like I, well, you know. Yeah, I feel like it's equated to good service. In my mind, it's not. Yeah, it, it's, I don't know. It's like you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Because, like, I hate the the modern thing of you walk into a store and everybody's like, welcome to whatever. Welcome like, there's to this Chipotle. Place, yeah, yeah, Firehouse Subs is that. Welcome to Firehouse. And everyone says it. And I'm like, get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> but I know there's, like, half the population that eats that shit up. And do they you re- can't if, cover. If you like that stuff, write us in and tell us why. They're because they're extroverts. Okay, and they like making eye contact with people yeah, and smiling and saying hi. And if there were a way to get that food to me without meeting a human being, I would do it. Yeah, I right. would do it. Yeah, it's I don't know. Like I said. Once we get transporters and life is that in- type of shit. Yeah, uh, replicators. Forget it. I'm never talking to anybody. <laughs> It's done. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's a healthy extreme. <laughs> no, nope. for sure, introverts uh, uh, have it have it tough in, in the large world. All right. Because there is a large world, and you just have to interact with it. Mm, not for long. <laughs> uh, all right, let's move on. Skylar's getting an ultrasound, and she is low on fluids, like an old car, mm-hmm. an old leaky car. Yep. Uh, Walt shows up late, 
and Skylar schedules a C-section, and then they leave, uh, and and Skylar goes right back to the office. She's got some important stuff to do at the office. I think gotta uh, pick up a cake for Ted's birthday. Yeah, yeah, very important. Far more important than you know hanging with her husband. Mm. You know, it's funny. Uh, she, I there's another one of the episodes, little ironies that she rescheduled her C-section uh, from Friday the 13th to the 16th. If she had had on Friday the 13th, she wouldn't have had the unexpected delivery. Uh-huh. Walt would have been able to attend it, and huh. life would be slightly, so, slightly. I wouldn't say ever so much better, slightly better. Her her rescheduling uh, it to he... avoid this is another Mandel of the wheel, the you know karma and all that stuff. She tries to make a decision to avoid bad karma, and brings bad karma onto herself and Walt and everything. I think that was another little like ironic that. thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have some spoilery stuff to talk about later, but let's move on. Jesse gets home. He sees the drug-induced carnage that is his living room. Uh, Jane's still asleep, and he asks her to go to the museum, and instead, she gets high. She Well, she agrees to go to the yeah. museum and then gets high. And you can tell that this bothers Jesse. He's like, oh, God, I didn't know you are going to be this kind of junkie. Yeah. This is a downer. Yeah, I'm not that kind I of I want to go look at vaginas, and you're going to be all morose and shit. I can tell. He's created a monster. You're already half goth. Now it's just gone full, <laughs> gone full-blown goth. Yep. Yeah, I was I was fairly disturbed. Like that's one of the more disturbing scenes to me. Yeah, I mean, especially the depths that she's in at since this what's point. her face. Uh, <laughs> what is her name? Jane, her character and her her act, the actress. Oh, uh, Ritter. Uh, there you go, Kristen Ritter. Kristen Ritter. Yeah. She does just an excellent job of doing. You know, I was thinking of like this like a uh, dead eyed bitch character, okay. but she's reasonably good at playing kind of bubbly and happy, and she's really mm-hmm. good at this like i don't know what you call this like comatose uh shell of a human being like it's yeah. it's frightening yeah she does a hell of a job in in this scene um and in subsequent scenes as well uh but we're not there yet so yeah. we go over we go over to binicky the uh the factory or whatever the hell they do they make cabinets or some shit uh, and Ted's talking to a guy who is canceling a job and he then goes into the warehouse and surprise birthday party. He, I think he's a little thrown by that. You know, he's still got images of like failing businesses and China running around his head, which comes out in his, the first thing he says. Which they did a really good job at developing this whole Keller account business and kind of yes. showing this as, you know, becoming an increasingly problematic thing. Uh, but yeah, go ahead. What you know? What else is problematic about this scene? A lot of things. Skylar singing "Happy Birthday." The woman. I have so such problems with this. The woman's weird hang up on the candles. <laughs> she's she's the Angela she, of this office, right? <laughs> she wouldn't let up on those goddamn candles. Like no, no serious guys. The wax is getting everywhere. The wax is probably edible. You'll be fine. Don't worry about it. I don't know. I mean, it's it's fatal. It's fatal if swallowed. Uh, you know, I like to bring uh, bring an archer term into the podcast. Uh, inappropes. Mm-hmm. Oh, completely. The situation is totes inappropes. Totes inappropes. It. I think I, it is. I had a hard time. I had a hard time making eye contact with the television throughout the duration. Yeah, I I don't even know how to describe how kind of sleazy and gross Ted is in this scene because it's in front of everyone. Like and everyone's cheering it on. Like, yeah, we remember the last time it got this in a propes. Uh, Bring it on. 
I don't feel like uh, real life no. offices are that way. Unless they're super mean spirited. I mean, I would be the guy in the background going, is this people? Is this, are we going to let this happen? This is what we're doing today? Yeah. I wouldn't say any of that, but I would be thinking it. I'd, ha- I'd yeah, I'd, I'd have my because I would be over at the replicator making firehouse <laughs> subs. <laughs> uh, yeah, the whole singing happy birthday, Mister President of the company or whatever, Mister Binicky. Uh, just yeah, there's so many levels. Like the fact that the we already sexuality know of it. They we already know they kind of have an inappropriate relationship. Yeah, that she's you know hugely pregnant. With another man's child, and it's in front of everybody, and it's this intimate thing. It's like it really made my skin crawl. And it's like and watching. She just a, got the news that her husband isn't going to die. Like, yeah, ah, it's even worse. It's it's the same feeling I get where I'm watching a really bad American Idol edition. All right, like oh god, ah, the social anxiety. I can't take it. It's too much. <laughs> it's too much. Definitely. How how was her singing? If we're gonna judge it, American Idol. I don't style. know. I couldn't because like I was getting like again having a hard time making eye contact with televisions. Like you know, I was like, processing several things. Like Skylar's super sexy in this episode. Uh-huh. She's been that you know developing up this, but she's like I don't know what they're doing to her, but she's looking more and more gorgeous. Cleavage. Is it the cleavage? No, but it's the cleavage. hair and her. Ma- and she's, yeah, no. Also, she's, she's smiling. Skylar doesn't smile a lot in this fucking series. I've realized, but she's yeah. like with Ted. She's got this really positive energy. Uh-huh. Um and 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 Ted's got this smarmy, creepy like I d- I'm not embarrassed at all about this is happening, even though I, ah, but no, I have no impression of her singing voice. Was it bad? All right. No, I I was like Walt. The ringing started. That yes, and I was just like I got I got flashbang. Is this? <laughs> and you know my vision was all whited out and haloed, and I didn't know what to do. Yep, I'm with you. The fucking candles were just melting all over my face, and I could feel it dripping into my mouth. I just wanted to <laughs> scream, and I couldn't because the wax kept clogging it. It's just, yeah. Oof, bad scene. I want to wake up screaming tonight in bed. All right, Walt calls Saul. Over and... Skyler <laughs> fantasy. Uh, all right, well. Move on. Save me from this, Walt, Walt calls Saul, who tells him that the contact said it's a no-go. Walt, Walt didn't even realize there was a contact there. And, and Saul's pissed. Saul's really pissed that he's crapped the bed. 38 pounds of meth. His cut is significant. Oh, yeah. Like, and this is the first non-chump change yeah. that he has gotten out of I this I was bummed out that you're going to die. Uh-huh. You got me all hot for this 38 pounds of meth, and now you do this to me? You yeah. crap the bed? What the hell? Anyway, Walt tells him to call, call back and say, hey, let's do another meeting. Saul says, no, that is not how this guy rolls. Uh, so Walt goes over to the chicken shack to see if he can figure out who the contact was. Uh, this kind of surprises me that he looks around for a couple of minutes and... Oh, it's longer than a couple of minutes. ...figures it out. I feel like he was there just judging from the... Uh, it was nighttime. You're right. You're like, right. He was there for hours. Just wait. But why does he go back to the chicken shack Okay, thinking, so I was, I was thinking to myself whether I was buying this, right? Once he got to the chicken shack, I buy that Walt is smart yes. and perceptive enough that his, you know, Heisenberg-y sense goes off and he intuits... That Gus. Yeah, and you're thinking, okay, what was the same the day that we were here? Sure. Well, that, that guy came up to me. But the idea that you would go back and just sit there for several hours trying to figure out how you did wrong when the guy was going to meet you there, like... Is he expecting maybe this is where the guy just has his meetings? Mm, I it's guess. a long shot, and it's his only lead, I guess, is the other factor. But I will say that at no time when I was watching this for the first time did that enter my thinking. So I don't think it's a fatal problem. It's more like... 
you know, like when we did the Star Wars podcast and we talked about the little nitpicks you notice after you've watched something 20 times. Yeah. Like stormtroopers smacking their heads on doors and stuff. This is uh-huh. a slight stormtrooper smack. Mm-hmm. Slight. But I did buy the fact that Walt would make that connection once he was there. All right. This uh, will will be removed in the special edition version of Breaking Bad. <laughs> uh, no. So he figures it out and he talks no, to No, Combo will shoot first. They'll leave this part in. <laughs> <laughs> Combo just shoots at an innocent kid. Just blasts them. Blast they're gonna them. replace the slurpy with a gun is this, that what's yeah they just blast them and then those guys they're mad dog and him will just it just open or up. yeah cut if him down. spielberg gets his hands on the series they'll replace all the guns with slurpees there you go there you go <laughs> uh anyway so Steve red slurpee splashed on his shirt he figures it out he, he goes uh, to the ground to suck up all the red slurpee <laughs> that's leaking out it wasn't the, yeah sure they just run it he in loves <laughs> motherfucker loves slurpees <laughs> he did uh and mohawks uh, he, he figures it out. He asks for five minutes of his time, and then he convinces Gus to give him a second shot here. Yeah, that is weird. I like I'm I'm buying it, but at the same time, I'm a little sus- uh, suspect here because Gus says, like, you know, you have poor judgment. You're working with a guy that is clearly an idiot, mm-hmm. and Walt says that's not your problem, but that doesn't. That doesn't fly if I'm Gus. That's like that becomes my problem sure, very quickly. Sure. And I don't I think Gus has poor judgment too. Boom. Or he's I was greedy. Gonna, I was gonna say the same thing. That if that the allure of the product and he I think he also when he gives Walt this ultimatum of like, you know, you get to this truck stop in an hour, it's off. It was kind of his way of like, okay, I'm gonna give him an impossible task, and if he can deliver then you know, he and his partner maybe have their shit together more than I suspect. But yeah, his fatal flaw seems to be, uh, or it seems to be from this episode, kind of basic greed. This is a bad, yeah. This is a bad decision you're making. You know, it's interesting that you bring up that Gus may think there's more to this guy, mm. um, because I have some spoilery information mm. that I want to talk about uh, in the spoiler section. But we will we'll move on for now. Indeed. Uh, I also wanted to talk about uh, one Giancarlo Esposito, who plays Gustavo here, and the moment where he stops playing the chicken man and levels with the, you know, I don't think we're alike at all. Uh, You know, at the end of every Dan Carlin podcast, they have that, like, gong airplane crash sound, like, you know, Uh I felt like that underneath that, like, the, the, the temperature dropped. Oh, yeah. The, the way he just goes deadpan. The way the curtain just parts. Yeah, and, and the set of his... It's, it's really remarkable. He becomes a different character entirely. It's it's really remarkable. Um, and, you know, Brian Cranston does that to to some effect. You know, he, we even saw it last episode with the Stay Out of My Territory. He goes from helpful chemistry teacher to meth kingpin like that. Oh, yeah. And I really dug the similarities and the differences between these two men. And it's really fun going back and seeing the genesis of all this. So here's my question in that scene. What if Gus wasn't actually, what if he was just a chicken manager? And Walt's at that table questioning him. How long does Walt go on like that? Sir, I'm going to call the police. (laughs) You're making me uncomfortable. Yeah, that's a good question. I kind of thought that too. Don't insult my intelligence. I know who you are, Uh, sir. 
uh-huh. I've just stocked the mustard here. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, you know, I drive, I drive a Volvo. What, what do you want from me? <laughs> I uh, think you see one of those time lapse, like sun going down over Albuquerque <laughs> and then the morning comes and they cut right back. Yeah. I know you're who yeah. you say you are. Yeah. Sir, you cannot stay. We close. You cannot stay here tonight. <laughs> uh, it, it would be, yeah. I kind of wonder Walt being this delusion, like, you know, where does this go? Does he start like knocking shit onto the floors? <laughs> You know, I mean, uh-huh. how how does he blow, does he come back with fulminated mercury and just blow the fl- place up? What what does he do? Sure, I, I, and I like that he leaves him with the message: you can never trust a drug addict. Mm-hmm. It's uh, whereas uh, interesting. Johnny Depp likes to say, "Yeah, you can trust a man, but you can't trust a drug." Yep. All right, we go back to Benicky. And Skyler's showing Ted some discrepancies in the books, and he tries to explain, oh, you know, it's an oversight. The money comes in eventually. Uh, she doesn't buy it, and then he confesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he asked her not to report it. And she says, you know what? I won't report you, but I can't be a part of it. And so I think it's super interesting that they this scene functionally equivalent makes the equivalence between Ted and Walt. Yes. They even use the same words, like... I and, and it's a similar amount of money. It's Walt seven hundred and uh three seven thirty seven hundred three Jesus Christ seven hundred thirty seven thousand dollars versus Ted's million. It's I you know these people are like family. It's something I've yes. built. It's something I'm I'm proud of. I got to save Walt saying it's, it's it's I'm doing it for the family. I'm doing this, mm-hmm. and it's kind of um you know we've 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 speculated on the podcast a few times what would have happened if Walt had just come clean to Skyler. Oh, yeah. And this is an interesting test case. I feel like this is exactly what would happen, right? Her initial reaction is, I, I, I'm not going to turn you in, but I can't be part of this. But something brings her back, and we're not clear exactly what is bringing her back or to what extent. You know, you could... Yeah, that's a, that's a fair question. And, and, and why, but... I mean, and again, you got you got just financial malfeasance uh, versus cooking meth. But I wonder what Skylar would do when that got into her mind. Like, could she talk herself into, well, you know, meth is kind of a victimless crime. It's, you know, he's making it medically pure and, you know, people want it and they're going to get it better from him than something laced with roach poison and God knows what. <laughs> like, I, I think it's. It's a lot of rationalization. No, I mean, but I think it's an interesting test case for what would have happened if Walt had come clean. And she has more things tying her to Walt, certainly, than Did to Dedicky, Ted. Sure. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, this is a mild test case, and yeah. this is the reaction we see. So this experimental evidence, I think that Walt may be underestimated uh, or thought too highly of his wife's ethics and morality. Yeah, knowing that she does come back here. Certainly. Yeah. Uh, more spoilery stuff i got to talk about later. You want to say anything else about that, or should we move on? Nope. All right. Jesse's smoking meth, and Skinny Pete calls. Uh, apparently, Jesse missed a funeral. Didn't even go to Combo's funeral. And then Jane comes in with what I could only describe as a brick of heroin. Uh, how she could afford... <laughs> like, has she just been saving up his rent money for years now? <laughs> I thought the same thing. Uh, that's a hell of a lot of heroin. But was it just the heroin... Or was it her heroin kit? It might have been her kit. Like, she got it out of long-term storage. it also was storage. similarly brick-shaped. Yeah. Or, yeah. like, okay, so 
one of the things I hear it's 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 good for junkies to do is just get rid of all their paraphernalia and shit. Right? Okay. Yeah. You know, like if I'm going on a diet, step one is get rid of everything that I would want to eat out of my house, all or right. as I like to do it, have one weekend of hedonistic where I just eat it all, <laughs> eat it all. That's a, um, that's a good solution. I like it. Take all the heroin and then throw away the kid. Yep. It's all wrapped up neat in this kind of like you know waxy paper. Do you think that she didn't do that? That she actually stowed that? Like in her crawl space or in a storage shed or kept it out of the friend's tank house of her or toilet or something. Yeah. 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 Could be. Because I don't think you can just go and like uh, get the deluxe heroin kit. You can't go to a head shop and be like, I need the bent spoon and a nice rosewood box and the syringes <laughs> with the needles. Oh, and- I'm sorry. You can't call it a bent spoon. You have to call it a. <laughs> Uh, this is an eating utensil. Uti- this, is, yeah. this is a decorative <laughs> eating utensil based artwork. I'm going to have to ask you to leave. You're going to have to leave the store. You can't <laughs> call this a bin spoon. Uh, yeah, you you might be right about that. That has got to be more than just heroin. That is too much heroin for any normal person to afford. Agreed. All right. Anyway, it, it, it's an incredible scene. Um, she shows Jesse how to use the heroin. Says she likes to mix it with meth too. Like yeah. th- as an introduction to heroin, sure. I don't know that mixing your poisons is a good idea. I mean, I've always heard that like usually people don't just step right up to the needle. It's like you yep. snort it, you smoke right. it, you shoot it, and that. And she just skips right to the shooting uh-huh. with meth. <laughs> and who knows what else is in there? I'd... Right. Right. Uh, but this is an incredible shot. It is. It when really I is, first yeah. saw this, um, I just was just wowed by the fact that they came up with the idea and they executed it and they set it to the beautiful uh, song Enchanted by the Platters, which yeah. which if you um, if, if you look at the lyrics, which I'm going to talk about here in a minute, uh, it's just an incredible fit. Uh, something I got off Cerebral site that I didn't think of before is that this is literally the logical conclusion of Jesse's Hoverman persona. Okay. The Hoverman floats over cushion air over all of life's problems uh-huh. uh, when he couldn't backwards himself or rewindo himself out of this situation with with Badger or not Badger um, combo. combo. Yep. Then you know he did the extreme Hoverman. He literally floated above everything bothering him mm. in life. Yeah, looking at his face, nothing is bothering him there. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, again, the, the lyrics, it's uh, it's really grand when you stand hand in hand with your lover and thrill to the wonders of the night. The days, too, will amaze you and soon discover your dreams, run to dreams in continuous flight. It feels like this is an accurate depiction of the life of a heroin user. You just, you're, you're, and this is why. Are you saying that being in love is equivalent to using heroin? Yeah, actually, I could I could make that argument. <laughs> okay, number one, number sure. two. This is why heroin's on Aaron's never once list because <laughs> it just seems like it's all you'd want to do is heroin. Yeah, just sheer bliss. Other you than just, the physical and you mental spend your days high or trying to figure out how you can get high. Although I did see it, someone did a YouTube video about why heroin is actually more like this is the popular depiction of heroin and why it's so bad. He's like, no, no, no. Heroin just makes everything in life better, and right. it you can do it. You can you can get you can shoot up heroin and go visit your family, and you can you can you can go to your your job and work, and you're better at your job than you ever were before. What? And that what the problem with heroin is that you just have to k- take increasingly heroic, it's physically debilitating. It's phys- yeah, and you have to take increasingly heroic amounts to maintain that state. 
And then if you don't, your brain just flushes out of dopamine and you can't be happy without it for days and days and weeks. So like, so it leaves you with depression when it's once it's gone. Yeah, and you you you, you build up a you rapid to tolerancy, it. and then like, how do you maintain? Unless you are like fantastically wealthy, there's no way to maintain that state of bliss. So you yeah. start you you start uh, making questionable life decisions. Yeah, but he's like, you know, heroin is like the ultimate perfect drug, and it makes everything in life better, and that's the problem. So, all right, uh, I, yeah, I'm not gonna try heroin. No, thank you. Me either. Not trying it. Uh, but that is an incredible scene, certainly. Um, let's talk about Ted in his office worrying mm-hmm. when Skyler pulls up. Yep. Uh, she says, first off, it? I mm-hmm. need Alexis. <laughs> I, I can't drive this wood-sided slab for a yeah, second fuck longer. that car, man. <laughs> if I'm, two if terrible I'm gonna, cars in that household. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to need Alexis. <laughs> Uh, no, well, the I, money's not in the books. I know it's not in the books, Ted. <laughs> I know it's not it's in the books. It's parked out front in the, the office. <laughs> yeah, so she pulls up and just kind of sits in her car knowing she's going back in there. And Ted sees her through the window. Mm. Uh, why? Why, man? Why does she go back to this place after she tried to make a clean break? Is it the allure of Ted himself? I think she cares for Ted. I think she bought a speech. That he's doing it all for the family. Yeah, like this. What? What do you? Mm. You know? What do you want? It's essentially the eyebrows argument. What would you have of me, Walter? Do you? You want me? You want me to scrub the wheels? You know? It's like he's like, what? What do you want from me, Scott? You want? You want this to go? You want this to go bankrupt and everybody on the factory floor that you just creeped out with their birthday song to be out of work, and that's going to affect all their kids and their spouses and. Which, if you believe that that's what did it, I guess an impassioned argument from Walt might do the same thing if he were ever to be found out exactly. or come clean. Exactly, and just as uh, I feel like that, that's only a little bit of the deal going on. You know, a lot of this is just his pride. Like, I don't want to be the guy who's the business failed. And is it yeah. really because the economy is tough, or is it because you're a shitty businessman? Can he look that? I don't know enough about the situation. Certainly at this point to judge, You're but I think pretending not to know enough. Yes. No, I actually I don't. I, I can't really remember all the ins and outs. Oh, of, I of do. T- we'll Benneke. talk about the spoilers. Yep. Um, but I really like the the Benicky fabricator uh, screen screensaver. What is that? It's the name. But for the first time I noticed it said Benicky. <clears throat> they obviously fabricate stuff like metalwork yeah, yeah. and stuff, mm-hmm. but it said Benicky fabricators. But that also is a sly play on his books. All right. Yeah, I guess so. Don't pull this. It doesn't mean shit. No, no, no. Thing on that's me. that's fine. <laughs> Let's start that again. I'll give it to you. All right. All right. At school, a phone rings. Walt tells everybody, "Put away your phones. It's a fucking test, people." Right. Mr. White. And then he needs realizes to set your pipes on vibrate or or on silent. <laughs> yeah, he realizes it's uh, his phone in the ceiling. I don't know why he keeps it there. That's kind of a bad place to keep it. Yeah. For this very reason. Sure. Well, and then that's the, the first also, thing. Also, getting access to it is almost impossible without, like, if someone walks in and you're reaching into the ceiling. Yeah. What they, are you doing? Yeah. No. How do you explain? It's the pipes. Uh, they were leaky. Sure. It's like one of those things where a non-serious criminal would do that and think it's secure. Yeah. Okay. That's a Walt thing to do. You know, it's like the security through obscurity thing where really putting in your desk would be the best way to put it there and not ar- arouse suspicion. Yeah. But I thought, you know, when we were watching this in live, did I not say when he was on the phone with Saul and Saul's like, look, this is a dead deal. You don't get another chance. And he angrily snapped the sh- phone shut and stuff. And I was like, whoa, you should turn that motherfucker off. Yeah. Or at least set it to silent. And then boom. And then it comes back to bite him. 
bite him in the well, ass. Well, not really. I mean, the kids are just like, what the fuck's that? Uh, other cool thing I noticed is uh, clearly Walt was administering a administering a test to his kids. Mm-hmm. And there is on the, the blackboard behind him the words written test today. Yeah. And he's about to be tested. He has been tested, I but, guess. But I mean, the big test. Oh, the, the bigger test, The yeah. big test is coming, and he's he's about to, to crap the bed on it. For sure. I've said crap the bed a lot. It's one of my one of my favorite go-tos. Yeah, he checks the phone after class. It's the chicken man. Um, and so he goes back to the chicken shack to meet with the manager, uh, Gustavo. He asks for a phone number when he realizes, you know, he's not there. And uh, the, the person behind the counter does tell him his name, though, which I thought a little surprising. Uh, anyway, a guy stops him on his way out and says, you need to bring the meth to a truck stop in an hour. Mm-hmm. Be there. Uh, it, frankly, if I were Walt, I was I would be so shocked by being accosted by this guy. I probably wouldn't remember the address. I probably wouldn't remember the time. I'd be like, what? Huh? And then he was just gone. Right. I don't know if I'd be able to make that meeting. <laughs> but Walt tries. He rushes out to his car and yeah. calls Jesse. Yeah. And as as Gus predicted, you can't trust a junkie. Yeah. Jesse is junked up. useless. <laughs> Completely. Walt has to go full-on Guantanamo Bay to even get him <laughs> to slur out that it's in the kitchen or under the kitchen sink. I mean. Yep. Uh, yeah, that's the next scene. We'll get there. But before we do that, Skyler goes into labor at the office. And uh, that kind of sets up this whole predicament where, you know, Walt shows up at Jesse's house. He doesn't answer. He breaks in. He is this shakes one of the him. first like real taste of the intense Dave Porter music? It might be like yeah. where like I mean I've heard it before during gun like battles high and stuff, stakes. but this is like fairly mundane. Like this could be Walt searching for his car keys, uh-huh. and this music is just, uh, you know, ramping up the tension by an order of magnitude for sure. Yeah, and uh, Jesse's passed out. He shakes him and tells him, "Hey, the meth is in the kitchen." He goes and he scrapes it all up, and he sees on his phone, "Oh my god." Skyler's gone into labor, having the baby. Baby coming. And it's a whirlwind of an ending. I mean, between the music and the frantic pace at which he's running around the house looking for the meth and sweeping stuff out of the cabinets looking for something to put it in. Using a, a dirty, filthy <laughs> junkie. Like, we saw what Jesse's house looks like. I'm surprised he would even notice that something's gone wrong, you know? I'm just saying that, like, that, that trash bag could be full of vomit cigarette butts and he's throwing this meth product in there um and i like that scene where walt allows himself like 15 seconds to just fully process what an asshole he's about to be if in fact he is going to be i think it's debatable what he does at the end of this episode he's scooping up the meth yes oh, he's going to throw he's going yes he's going to take the meth and and put it in a garbage bag and throw it into the river you know no not throw it in a river Okay. But he might show up at a hospital with a bag of meth in his trunk. But why would you and do goes, that? You don't have an hour. You have an hour. Uh, yeah. So so you're saying if he goes to see the baby, there's no use in taking the meth. Exactly. All right. I you, guess you could probably extrapolate that he doesn't. Yeah. I hope that's not a spoiler. But he doesn't get rid of the meth. He doesn't go to me. Mm, yeah, it's probably not a spoiler. I think you can... Yeah, that. it would it would certainly undercut the power of the scene if he turns out and somehow managed to both deliver to Beth and well, the baby. No, I think I think this scene is potentially shot to make you ask that question at least. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I I don't agree. I feel like it's this classic uh, 
you know, Jack Sparrow. I'm quoting Johnny Depp a lot this podcast. Too. The classic, you know, uh, waiting for the moment to do the decent thing and waving as it passes by. Sure. Like he's full. It's like, oh, the baby's coming. This is one of the most important things in my life. But I'm admitting to myself right here and right now, it's not more important than this thing. Yeah. And it's 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 definitely if you if you take it as that, it's it's one of the first signs that this all about the family stuff. Now, I mean, there's because I you know please do not email me and say, but Aaron seven hundred thousand dollars college educations all yeah. that shit that stuff. I get it, I get it, okay. Yeah, but still, it's the birth of his of his of his daughter, you know. Yeah. So I I don't know. Um, and that's, that's it. That's, that's the ending of the episode. We were we were talking during the episode, thinking uh, and, and just saying we thought that the episode ended when Jesse got high. Yeah, and in my Jesse mind, that heroin. fades the credits. And <laughs> me too. <laughs> boom! But there was like 15 minutes after that. Yeah, it's crazy. And I was thinking, um, wow, uh, I kind of feel like they fucked that up because that would have been an awesome end of the episode. But I mean, that thing at the end where he's just tearing through his apartment is incredible. Yeah, incredible. And that's it. That's so it. We have some more tales for our Bezos file in connection with our Amazon affiliate link, amazon.baldmove.com. And believe me, you're going to want to remember that link after you've heard what we had to tell you. We were concerned with the copper and zinc subliminal messaging from a few episodes ago, four days out. As promised, we did some more digging into a possible Bezos Villigan alliance. And what we discovered is startling. When we were in Albuquerque, we'd heard in a few interviews, Vince mentioned his favorite local hangout, Zinc. Come on. Zinc, really? Villigan, you're not even trying to be subtle. It's so obvious, I don't know how we didn't see it. Well, back in November, we were young. We were naive. Bezos hadn't started harassing us yet. We just weren't ready to face how deep this conspiracy could go. You're right. You're right. So we talked to the bartender there. We asked him if it was true that lots of Breaking Bad honchos hung around there after hours, after shooting, what have you. And yes, he confirmed that Vince, Mark Johnson, Peter Gould, you know, the movers and shakers hung out there. He painted this picture of a smoky, booze-fueled backroom power meeting. We thought, hey, we want to have what Villigan had. So I asked what his favorite drink was, and they said, without hesitation, New Mexican Mule. The waiter scuttled away, we went back to our business, and ten minutes later... I swear, right-handed God, on my firstborn's life, I am not making this up. The drinks come out... What are they served in, Jim? A copper cup. A copper fucking cup. Now, does this prove anything? I don't know. We're just asking know. questions. Speaking of questions, I did a little more research into Bezos. We know from the last update that Bezos was born in 1964. Correct. 18 years later, the U.S. redesigned the penny, and they stripped out all but a small fraction of the copper. These are facts. Absolutely. You can look them up on Wikipedia. What we didn't mention, and what we didn't know at the time, and which now seems relevant, again, I am not making this up. This is a fact. Jeff Bezos was born in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Oh, my God. I know. I'm, I'm actually scared right now. What does it all mean? Well, who can say? Does Villigan hold a desert retreat for some sort of worldwide copper syndicate? Has Bezos ever been to one of these shindigs? Why would Bezos and Gilligan form a worldwide conspiracy to hoard copper? These are questions that any thinking person must necessarily ask themselves when confronted with such astonishing facts. Well, all we can ask is that you do your part 
and helping us get to the bottom of this. And your part involves stealing from Bezos the very pennies his copper syndicate so covets. Help us steal these pennies by using Amazon.BaldMove.com for all your Amazon shopping needs. Don't worry. Using this link, you get the same Amazon selection, prices, and shipping. But you also may very well be stopping this elemental warlord in his tracks. Don't be afraid. Don't stay out of his territory. Take the battle to him. Amazon.BaldMove.com Let's go ahead and do some feedback. Uh, Starting off with Anthony B. said, This came to mind after listening to your Big Lebowski podcast. Throughout the series, and especially with Mandala, we are treated to some great point-of-view shots. Do you think the Big Lebowski's famous bowling ball POV shot inspired all the great POV cinematography in Breaking Bad? I'm trying to think of POV shots in this episode. I don't know what he considers, like... um, I think the out of the bowling ball through the hole. That's the bowling ball's point of view. There was the bike camera shot. Like the Jesse Not rising really from the a POV. Bed. The, the Jesse rising from the bed, I don't think, is also no. strictly speaking POV. It's, it's like a reverse. It's a stylistic shot. There now I will know I do I I know that Vince Gilligan has said a couple times that uh like the trunk cam and the underside cam that, that was from some Quentin Tarantino stuff. Uh-huh. Uh so and again, he's a he's a huge pop culture omnivore, so yeah, are you? Are, if you're asking me, did the Big Lebowski influence Vince Gilligan? Then I would say, of course, it had to, probably. And if you if you pointed if you if you pop that question to him, he could probably even say a couple scenes where it's like, oh yeah, I did a nod here, nod there. Yeah. Um, the only POV shot that I remember from this episode is Ted looking out the window at Skyler's car. Okay, <laughs> I don't think this is what Anthony is talking about. I know, I know. That's why I'm struggling with the idea that there are a lot of POV shots in this episode. Sure. Well, he might just say, instead of POV, he might just mean, I mean. POV is often misused, and I, I don't know if he is misusing it or if I'm just not remembering the POV shots. Right. No, but I think it's like more like um, crazy camera angle shots. Yeah. Because if it's Jesse Reznor bed, well, whose POV is that? The ceilings. The, the heroines. Ca- the, ca- the camera dollies. <laughs> yeah. I, like, yeah, because it's not even the ceiling. It rises with them. Yeah, it, technically every shot of a, of anything is the POV it's of the, the point camera. of view of the dragon's tail he's metaphorically chasing. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, Melody H said, I've already listened to your podcast on the episode over, but I wondered if either of you had thoughts on the character Rewindo. I thought it might be a slight foreshadowing into how quickly Jesse and Jane backslide into addiction. After all, the character has no special powers outside of moving backwards very quickly. Yeah. Jane especially backslides so fast, taking Jesse deeper than he'd ever gone by introducing him to heroin. Um, so that's a fair comparison. I, I think like so. And then it, he rewinded himself in the Hoverman. Yep. <laughs> Lauren R. Great show this week. I had a couple thoughts about over, or actually, I think most of my thoughts about the side conversations that you had while covering over. First and most importantly, I totally agree about having one day with absolutely nothing to do by day two or three, though. That sounds insanely boring. That's the thing. If you have nothing to do, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> like, I'm not a boy. true. Like, uh, I fantasize about that because I'm so fucking busy. But seriously, I, 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 I would love to be, like, independently wealthy because then I could do, I could do nothing anytime I wanted to. And the rest of the time, I could do whatever I wanted. Like I'm, I'm almost to that point now. Except yeah. for I can't just. Except not, like, you don't have the wealth. Like I would love to take a week or two off and just like fuck podcasting. You know, I just want to go mm. do. You know, go can't play. do it. You can't do it ever. It's nope. a treadmill that you're on. It's a pretty good treadmill. Sure, as far as treadmills go, 
this it, is the one to be on. It's 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 nice. Yeah, it's nice. It's one of those models like tilts up and down and you oh know, yeah says that you're going up hills and stuff and monitors your heart rate, but it's a treadmill. Mm-hmm. Uh, second, I meant to email a couple weeks ago to your question about women and earrings. As a woman with pierced ears, I'd say that 80% of the time I don't feel them unless they're big and dangly. Huh, okay. In fact, I've lost at least two single earrings, thus ruining the sets in the last six months because they fell out at some point during the day and I didn't notice. <laughs> so apparently it's not just marking territory. Unless she's, you know, I guess I can't rule out the possibility that Lauren is just um, leaving these earrings at a string of gentlemen's apartments. <laughs> But she's not doing it intentionally. No, no, no. no. Yeah. It's not a marking territory. It's just it just comes to the territory. Yeah, yeah. Uh, fourth, I had a lot of fun with your passing reference to The Last of Us with the fruiting bodies in the woods and how The Last of Us <laughs> got started. Obviously, there's nothing to this in terms of show, but you could possibly make the case for a Walt Last of Us parallel. In the first few seasons, he's like an infected, stumbling around, muttering to himself, it's for my family, it's for my family. Later, he's a clicker standing around quietly echolocating for insults to his pride. At the end, he's full-on bloater, causing uncontrolled fireball-esque damage to everyone around him. Huh. I like it. To take the ridiculous parallel one step further, because that's what we're all about on this podcast, mm-hmm. bloaters are rare in the game because they're a biological anomaly. The fungus kills most people before they reach the bloater stage. Similarly, with the cancer, Walt should have been dead, but he's a biological anomaly. And for both Walt and the bloater, it's that biological mistake that keeps them around to inflict maximum damage to those around them. And now I want to go play The Last of Us. Yeah. But I can't because I have too much to do. Liz G says, "Your gr- do you have any comments on The Last of Us? No. I, no. I appreciate the extension of our analogy, though. Sure. Liz G said, your girlfriend's email about the restaurant reminded me of a story from Austin, Texas. There's a Tex-Mex restaurant in South Austin that was raided because it was trafficking heroin and had been for 20 years. It's it's Gustavo-esque. Been pulling this yeah. shit for 20 years. Uh, Jovita's is the restaurant's name, and 15 people were arrested. The owner, a 64-year-old man, died a month before the trial began back in 2013. Dum, dum, dum. He perfect had cancer. Uh, if you're going to die, that's the perfect time to do it, right? Sure, sure. Right before the trial for trafficking and drugs. Yeah. So there might be an underground uh, Mexican restaurant cult worshiping Saint uh, Malverde. Yeah. Uh, and involved in the narco narco chimichanga, Saint Chili Verde, <laughs> narco chimichanga. Yeah. Uh huh. Um. Let's see. Question: Do you and Jim argue for the sake of arguing, or because he hates to admit you might be right about something? I enjoy the discussion, so please don't change. I'm just curious. Um. Sometimes we argue for the sake of arguing, like okay. playing a devil's advocate without telling you that's what we're doing. That's kind of more your thing than my thing. I like to get all perspectives in there um and if there's a perspective i feel like we don't have but could be valid i like to bring it up and i don't always say that's what i'm doing Mm. uh but sometimes we just argue all right (laughs) uh one last question why can't all the podcast be on one bald move podcast i think you've talked about it before but i don't recall the explanation itunes hates you that's well, why. first of all, they totally can be. Um, there is a master feed. If you go to our uh, podcasts, uh, or if you go to our webpage at baldmove.com, uh, and you click on the podcast menu, there is a, what is it called? The mega feed, hyper feed, fire hose feed, all the I, podcasts. Yeah, I think it's just called all the 
pod. I don't know. I can look it it's, up. It's if you're a human being with a functional cerebral cortex, you'll you'll puzzle it out. Click on the podcast and click on the one that sounds like it would encompass all of our works. It says get all the TV podcasts. There you go. That's pretty obvious. There you go. And you will get all the TV podcasts. Yeah. Um, they're all in one convenient feed. They are, but you'll have to manually put them in iTunes because iTunes does not like big RSS feeds. And Sure. Uh, that's also the reason we don't have all of our back catalog and our show feeds. And the lesson, as uh, always, is iTunes is a terrible piece of software. iTunes hates us all. That somehow dominates yeah. the market. <laughs> so, well, because there are a lot of iPhones out there. Yeah, that's true. A lot that's of true. them. Although they've lost a max market share, so it continues to be puzzling why <laughs> why they are so ubiquitous. Well, it, it takes a king a long time to uh, not be a king anymore. I hear you. Be- if you come at the king, you best not miss. Sure. Uh, now on to the episode. I knew Saul would be introduced in the Gus, but it still surprised me that Gus is here in season two. The pace of the show continues to amaze me, as as it does, uh, so say we all. The tension <laughs> the show creates, uh, staying off at the corner with Combo is about to be shot, and Walt rushing to retrieve the meth. This rewatch left me on the edge of my seat. Uh, totally. With, was Skylar in the office to pack her things up, or had she changed her mind in, about uh, being a part of cooking the books? Ooh, that is a possibility. She's sitting in front of her monitor. She could have been there just getting her shit, looking fly, doing it. So she could have been just packing up hmm. her shit. Yeah. We'll have Maybe. To, we'll have to tune in to see what happens next episode. Hmm. Uh, Jane's eyes looked dead and vacant after she stayed with Jesse and smoked the meth. How quickly she gave up her sobriety after meeting Jesse. Very sad. Uh, do you think Jesse paid for Combo's funeral? Maybe. I, I mean, he says he'll like take was, care of his guys, but... And then, and then we're talking about how expensive Combo's casket was. I feel like it was very heavily hinted that Jesse hmm. used some of his money. Could be, yeah. Um, to see him off at the crossroads. Questions and comments about Walt. If he were teaching at the college level and had students actually interested in learning chemistry, would he still be making meth? Huh. Good question. He would be paid a little more money, and maybe if he was a published professor, he would be more satisfied with his life. That satisfaction would lead to him taking better care of his home, repairing slash replacing the water heater sooner. If he's more satisfied with his life, is he able to accept help from Gretchen and Elliot? and not view the job offer as a handout. Possible. Yeah, but... I could I, see that being true. My head canon, and this might actually be official canon, uh, is that Walt had to drop out because... Or not drop out, but Walt had to abandon some of his loftier post-Gray Matter plans because of Walt Jr. Mm-hmm. That the fact that he had a child with special needs was something that he's like, oh, just, oh, I got I to gotta take the first job I get. And Walt's the kind of guy that would get stuck in a rut like that pretty easy. I don't know if that is actual, actually established somewhere, but that's kind of how in my mind it went. Okay. Uh, I could buy that. But I also think, you know, if Walt feels a little more important, if Walt is not treated by his students as just this complete doofus, yeah, uh, but, I mean, he's, he's probably a little less likely to. That is the hell of public education man like sure. you're forcing kids to be there that don't want to be there no absolutely yeah and their teenage their the high schools is the worst because they're at the peak of dumb fuckery but they think they know everything right. and you got kids uh-huh. that are smart and bored and kids that are dumb and bored and the ones in the middle that are also bored it's just it's i think just i think the show. same would apply if he were like an undergraduate teacher i think if he's a graduate student teacher or like a 
any anything really high level, those people are engaged. Those people are there to learn. You don't do that unless you want to. And I think Walt would have appreciated that. Part. I think Walt wouldn't get off being under because he's like he's got these hundreds of kids. There's going to be at least ten percent that are super into it and ask him relevant questions, and he can mm-hmm. take credit for their careers. And the ten percent that are just going to fail and whine and bitch and moan, he can take great pleasure in failing and flunking out and taking their <laughs> money anyway. Right? right. So why wouldn't he do that in high school? Uh, because I mean, he's he not kind of is paid, does. and he there's like there's yeah. not that many kids. I don't know. Maybe maybe there's some engaged kids in high school. Sure. And- Sure, I guess. It feels like 10% might be the right amount in high school. In, t- in, in that, high school? It might be high. It I might can't be think, high. like, maybe my chemistry teacher just sucked, but I can't believe, I don't think anybody <laughs> in my class was engaged in chemistry. I found it a tough slog. Yeah. So same thing, like, in the high-level algebra classes in high school. Like, I was there just to be there, but I didn't, re- I don't yeah, know. Yeah, there because you had to be. No one cares. Too much personal shit. Sure. Uh, hey, if you want to give us more feedback, we got a spoiler section coming, but if you want to give us more feedback, you can do so at breakinggood at baldmove.com. Uh, get on our forums at forums.baldmove.com, facebook.com slash baldmove, or tweet at Jim at baldmove. Those last two great ways to stay in touch with our release schedule. Yeah. Because literally, as soon as we hit the post button, bam, automatic, Twitter and Facebook. Either yep. you got anything else for us, or should we get to the spoilers? No, that's it. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll, of course, be back next Thursday with another episode Until then, I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. See ya. And we're back with the spoiler section. We've got a lot to talk about this time. Uh, The one that I really want to talk the most about uh, and it might be much to do about nothing, is Saul's line about, I know a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy. Yeah. You know, I didn't think much of it the first time we saw this, but this time, sure, knowing what I you? know about Saul and Mike and Gus, there mm-hmm. seems to be too many guys in this picture. Like One too many guys. I know a yeah. guy, Mike, who knows a guy, Gus. So is this, there's a couple possibilities here, and this is pretty low stakes theorizing yeah because ultimately who gives a shit this might be a throwaway line but i'm a huge fan (laughs) of breaking bad and hopefully better call saul this means a lot to me yeah uh i need this (laughs) i need this so is saul just in in, just saying this as a way to kind of like puff up his importance like at some point like knowing a guy means something but knowing a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy somehow seems more impressive than just knowing a guy who knows a guy hmm most famously employed in the uh, really? Starsky and Hutch reboot where Snoop Dogg talks about knowing a guy who knows a guy who robbed a guy. Uh, right. What I, I don't know. I, I feel like so one possibility is Mike because he's a very careful individual and so is Gus. Um, Mike is lying about his level of connection to Gus. We I think we know... Uh, absolutely, that is not true. I think, I mean, Mike is Gus's security. Mike is Gus's But would he tell Saul guy. that? I mean, clearly we know from what little information we have of the, the Better Call Saul information okay, that, so, that so Mike you're... is going to know Saul. So Mike cannot be uh, the guy in the middle, okay? Saul knows Mike. I think that's Mike. true, yeah. Although, so there are people on the forums. I, there's We put up a thread 
just before this, and people were talking about it. Uh, they said that maybe that there's a guy listed in IMDb for Better Call Saul who is part of the cartel, and that maybe the cartel uh, knows Mike, who knows Gus, but mm. but we know that Gus knows the cartel, like Gus intimately. Sure, knows the cartel. Sure, they're one uh, degree but, of separation. But my question is. Where is that cartel member in this chain? Is he between Gus and Mike? Is he between Mike and Saul? He can't be, because no one's between Mike and Saul. That's a zero unless they're retconning the line. It can't that he can't be. I my my best theory to are keep, we sure of that? Well, why do you say no one could be between Saul and Mike? I'm I'm speculating because of the scene that we've seen from Better Call Saul. But that's which, just him which, meeting in passing in a toll booth. You're going to remember a guy in a toll booth later on. Oh, see, I took it for, I took it as a matter of faith that since we saw that sequence that's going to happen this scene in Breaking in, in Better Call Saul, that there was going to be some kind of partnership between Mike and Saul from the get go. What but if, you're right. What there's if there's nothing... a Saul Saul to cartel to Mike to Gus? And and we know that Mike and Gus are in with the cartel, certainly, mm-hmm. but Saul wouldn't necessarily know that. Well, the thing is, is we know next episode that Mike is going to swing into action, or maybe it's the episode after this, but Mike, at some point... For Jane. Jane's yeah. going to die. Mm-hmm. I think she dies next episode, and then the episode so. after is the aftermath, that, that Mike is the guy that shows up. Yeah. So if he is... If, if, if we got Saul, and then the guy he knows, and then Mike, and then Gus... Saul feels comfortable enough to just call up Mike with no middleman to help him clean that up. Hmm. Again, I, is and, this interesting? I, it feels interesting to me. I, but to, I feel like there's a lot like of people like skip, hard... skip. Oh God, they're still talking about it. Skip. <laughs> um, I don't know. Sure. Uh, well, we'll leave it at that and let people write in because I'm not totally sure how it connects, and it's probably all either going to be proven to just be a throwaway line they don't give a shit about um with better call saul or that's also entirely feasible totally possible or they could just say well saul's full of shit that's the other way you could solve this yes or mike lied to him like you said uh there there are a thousand ways they could write this off i i don't think there's anything they really do in better call saul to contradict this in a meaningful way yeah so whatever four total minutes of footage we've seen yeah yeah (laughs) nothing well well, what i'm saying is i don't think they will do anything um and even if they do who gives a fuck I mean, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I'm more open to be pleasantly surprised by them doing somehow explaining this line. Yeah. Like, it'd be cool if one of the aims, like, if it'd be cool if Villigan, if the Villigan had a whiteboard, it's like goals for break, better call Saul. Yep. I want to make a direct connection to everything that Saul said. I want to see, like, anytime he has a catchphrase, I want to see him learning that lesson that got that catchphrase in his mind. I think that would be awesome. Or any, yeah. any, any like, they just, like, whiteboard out every single statement he made, and it's like, oh, we want to make a connection to that. That would be freak, freaking cool. Sure. Doubt it, but but uh, I want that to be true. Uh, we already talked about, actually, the main cast, because I realize it's not really spoilery. It's even more spoilery when you know how far this rabbit hole goes, but the whole, if you know, when Jane was at the door... She had her hand on the door. She all she had to do is twist and walk out. It's the moment where she died. Yeah, she, she sealed her death there. And honestly, I thought there was a lot of death imagery in her description of the heroin use. It's like you feel a chill uh, and just relax. It'll all be over soon, and I'll meet you on the <laughs> other side. I'll meet you there, yeah, or I'll meet you there. Like this, 
I think it was I think it was uh, Aria on Subbable that actually not Subbable, Seriable uh, mm-hmm. that directly made the connection that this was almost like a suicide pact. Okay. Um, yeah. That that it maybe and and somehow Jane because Jane knows Jane knows where this goes and she's doing it. Why? Why did Jane do this? I felt watching it that she almost did it just for Jesse to have a companion in it. She didn't want him to do it alone. Damn. And that's fucking dark. But, but it's also super romantic. Uh, I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> in an Anna Green Gables kind of way. In, in the rat drowning in plum sauce kind uh-huh. of way. Don't so, worry, Ma. I'll stay on the farm. Ever so romantic. Give up uh, my future for a dying old lady. <laughs> nah, I mean, that's the thing. And like, There's two Janes. There's the sober Jane and there's the junkie Jane. Sober oh, yeah. Jane's cool. Junkie Jane's a bitch, as we're going to find out. Oh, yeah. Like, she is, like, it, it turns her into an animal that will do anything for the high. Yep. She starts off by lying about the museum. <laughs> uh, okay. What else do we, there's a bunch uh, of stuff I yeah. got. Do you want me to keep until I'm out and then you shoot your ammo or so, what? No, let, let me throw one in here. All right. Uh, Skylar, getting her ultrasound. Walt shows up late. This is just the first of many times that Walter is going to disappoint her in that way, right? I mean, obviously, like, we know from next episode that he does, in it's fact, not, It's miss not the... the first, my God. I mean, uh, the fugue state was a giant... But I'm talking specifically about missing these important events in in people's lives. Uh, I mean, he, he's obviously going to miss this birth next mm. episode. Mm. Um, I feel like he's done it once before he missed something crucial because he was doing something. What, like a Walter Jr. recital or some shit? I don't know. I I don't know. Maybe he mentioned there was another... I don't know. But you might be right. Maybe it is the first time. It seems incredible that we're at 2.11, and this is the first time he's let her down that way, Seventeen or 18 episodes in. Yeah, he'll he'll let her down in many other ways. Oh, yes. In the future. Yes. So there's going to be a first for each of those. Uh, I just thought it was interesting. Let her down all the way to the ground. You know, they, they, they kind of bookend the episode sort of like that. Okay. Him missing the baby appointments. Uh, what else you got? Speaking of the whole Mandela circular thing, of course, this is the first appearance of, might be the only appearance of Thomas. I, Tomas. I don't know how, I can't remember Tomas. exactly how he winds up, how he winds up, but he is the younger brother of Andrea, who later becomes Jesse's girlfriend, uh-huh. who Walt puts in danger her son. Yeah, I, I mistakenly referred to him as Brock and then realized, oops, I shouldn't even use his name. Do you did that uh, on the podcast? During this thing. Yeah. Oh, did you make a note Earlier. for that? that no. Oh, you fucker. But but nobody's gonna know what I'm talking about. Okay, <laughs> sure. Uh <laughs> uh, so no, I thought that was that that's interesting that this is a big wheel of hurting children that's that that uh oh, yeah. the Heisenberg starting. He loves uh, it. talked about the How about this? During the the podcast, you had mentioned that Gus maybe took another look at Walt and realized, okay, maybe there's more to this guy and, and potentially this team, uh, than I gave him credit for in the first meeting when I, when I denied him. Uh, it's interesting because there's a comic book that AMC pub uh, yes. made. I don't know. It's a digital comic book online, uh-huh. uh, that I was reading just today. And it shows the scene where Badger, uh, they, they kind of get Badger off the hook and replace, you know, give them the fake Heisenberg mm-hmm. to arrest. Um, and, and Hank drives up and blocks Hank, or yeah. Walt drives up, blocks his view, and sure, they, sure. they fix it. Um, it was interesting because the comic book puts Mike on the scene. Mm. 
watching from the shadows um, at Saul's request. And he goes back to Saul and he says, these guys, there might be more to these guys because the situation was going fucking bad. They showed up and they fixed it. Uh, maybe we should look into them a little bit more. Maybe we should get in bed with them, is what Saul's saying. And he says, I'm going to find out some more information. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that kind of relates, you know, to the idea of Walt being better than he might appear at first. Mm-hmm. And we know, you know, Walt is a very smart guy, very resourceful, and throughout the entire series ends up using that to his advantage mm-hmm. time and time again. So it's kind of cool to see that in the comic book form. Um. Yeah, and also a lot of that stuff sets up the kind of theme of Gus's surveillance. Yeah. Like, you know, that becomes an ongoing plot uh that uh, he's got... And Tuvok. And and the the cameras in the lab and, you know, go home, Walter, all this stuff. Yeah. So uh, I'm trying to think what else. Um, I wanted to talk about Skylar and Ted here a little bit. Okay. Because... Ted, like Walt, says, you know, it's all for the family. It's all for his company, the people who have kids, and they're all depending on him. First thing he does when he gets the bailout is go buy a brand new car. Sure. An expensive brand new car. Total asshole. That, to me, says this is not, this is... More than what he claims it is. No, it, it is his pride. It Ted is, is Walt, down to the fact that Skyler fucks them both. I mean, <laughs> they are. Uh, I, I, I'm trying to struggle to. Ted doesn't actually hurt people. Sure. Uh, I, but that's the only thing I can really between the two. Yeah. You know, they're both, both putting this noble spin on a fundamentally selfish act. Yeah. And then the thing I like is how they set that up. And that's the you thing, know? like, yes, he's doing for, like, I feel like I would have a much more comfortable handle on saying that Walt did it for the family if he had stopped yeah. last episode. If stay out of my territory, it never happened. It's like, okay, well, 100000 150 grand. Okay, maybe I go back for one last cook. But the stay out of my territory is pretty firm break with it's just about the family. Yeah, it's I think not that's all. I mean, that's it's that's that's part of the 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 pa- the uh, you know that that's part of the whole package, sure. Yeah. Um, but it's also not the main thing, or he would have stopped. He would have stopped yeah. and been like, because because lo- arguably Walt's the luckiest motherfucker alive. Yeah, to have killed if, so many people and gotten away with it with and, with almost a million dollars, uh, and then and, and you get to live out. Uh, f- two, f- three, four, five years more with your family, maybe longer. Who knows? Yeah. What if you laundered that with 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 Gus, or not Gus? What if you laundered that with with uh, Saul and make that into a real nest egg? For sure. Where you know by the time the kids get their hands on it, it might look legitimate. Like your old man when he found out he's going to die, he put he went all in on Google or all yeah. in on Bitcoin or whatever, and now this is what's happened. I mean, you know, it's interesting in the rewatch how I feel about Walt because if you go back and you listen to like our season four, season five episodes, yeah, we were still very much on the fence about Walt. We were like, where's the moment where Walt goes evil? We were, we were all asking that question every single episode. It's much easier in a rear view mirror. Much easier. It's here. It's stay out of my territory. It's where Walt makes a conscious choice to cook meth, not for his family, but for his pride. It's very, very obvious. Yeah. Um, And they do so much in season four and five to, make him sympathetic from the perspective of like 
oh, he's doing this for Jesse now. Yeah, you know, then he's the, helping Jesse. And there is a lot family. of that. Like he starts swinging back to sympathetic when he does. You know, like that scene where he rescues Jesse from the flop house, and absolutely he puts it all on the line to save Jesse's life at one point. At, in season three so yes but he's already forsaken his own family uh, yeah Th- that's yeah. Th- that is no longer a claim right. to fame of his right. i'm doing it for my family no it's it, the, the real trick is how sympathetic and and fun to watch uh the villigan made walt for so long yeah yeah even into season five i mean it's oh even in there's incredible. i mean there's a lot there's people that are true to the end but like I, <laughs> for, me, more lunatics. <laughs> for me towards the end of of, of season five b or a when uh-huh. when he killed I, I guess it stopped being fun to root for walt when he killed mike right the poisoning of brock was pretty rough too yeah, but then that, I guess that's it. that's the thing because that's kind of where I he was kind of a dick to Mike the whole time, and Mike was kind of right, and you could see how just overwhelmingly full of himself he was, and how stupid some of his actions were. Uh-huh. You, you're right; it wasn't much fun to root for Walt until the very end. You had to go through the Granite State yeah. to make Walt fun to root for again. Where yeah. you know now he's going against the Nazis. He's kind of getting even with Gretchen and Elliot, which kind of retrospectively feel i feel like a dick rooting for the whole thing because they seem like nice people <laughs> they, they are they're just rich right there's nothing wrong with that they got rich and you know yeah so yeah and then you know he's again doing it for his family at the end he actually does yeah leave some money to his family and 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 it's it's selfless because his family hates him at that point yes uh, he, but he's still going to get the money to them because that's all he has I, I yeah not, not i'm redemp- sorry to talk myself back out of not it. a nah. redemption but but he, there is a firm break at Stay Out of My Territory. Yeah. For me. I mean, he, all he had to do is to go save Jesse. When? What are you talking about? In the, in the final, in the finale. Like the, oh, yeah, yeah. Helping his kids and all that was, I guess, for the family. And saving yeah. Jesse was for his family, too. So, yeah. Once through, I, I believe he got there at the end. Yeah. Had to go through to Granite State, but... Uh, shall we get to feedback? Because we got a bunch of feedback, too. Oh, spoiler feedback, yeah. Uh, Chris from Germany said, when Walt and Gus are having their first conversation, Gus says that they are not alike at all and that he can't work with someone with poor judgment. Later, Walt says he works with Jesse because he does what I say and I trust him. I think it's really interesting because this is exactly the opposite of the Walt-Gus relationship. Gus does not trust Walt at all, and Walt does not do what Gus says, at least not at all times. So I think that, yes, they are not alike at all, but in a very different sense than what Gus was talking about. He's the one with the poor judgment. Yeah. Um, We kind of totally agree with you there. Oh, yeah. He says, I very much like the tension there and knowing what's going to happen in the following two seasons was uh, makes this such an important and great scene. True. In fact, that's why I think one of um, this episode is one of the pivotal ones, because. Man, you take this little speech Gus gives the Walt and then you analyze it through the events of season three and then season four. Mm-hmm. And you really do start to see the parallels between Walt and Gus and why they are very similar. Yeah. And why they make such good adversaries. Yeah. Yep. Um, anyway, let's see here. Uh, Barry C said, I'm not big on the foreshadowing, but do you think when Gus said you can never trust a junkie, it was a thing, the thing that ultimately led Walt to let Jane die. Hmm. I don't think so because I think that, I think Jane being a dick, yes, was what led to Walt letting her die, and and the <laughs> fact that she had control over Jesse. 
Yeah, and that's Walt what he didn't like. Man really. that needs control over, uh, over people uh, to feel comfortable and trust them. I think that was more of it. Yeah, he's losing his certainly uh, certainly more sauce with the goose. Yeah. Uh, Mike B said, I heard you speculate frequently on the Breaking Bad rewatch podcast about Jesse's age. In season four, episode 11, Crawl Space, in the scene of the makeshift surgery tent, Gus's doctor reveals that he was prepared for the complete medical history and blood types for Gus, Mike, and Jesse, including that dialogue. It's revealed that Jesse is 25 years old. All right. So at the beginning of the so series, he's, maybe he's like, like 23, 24, 24. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Somewhere there. Justin G said now, but thank you for uh, digging that up there. Um, oh, you appreciate it, Mike. Uh, Justin G said now that season two is coming to an end, I think there's a lot of commonalities between the wire season three and breaking bad season two, not comparing overall series, just these two seasons. Uh, how would you rank them? Wait, season three is the Marla season. No, oh, the wire. No, it's the Stringer Bell Avon showdown. Ah, yeah, yeah. And he says uh, rank uh, Stringer Bell and Avon versus Walter and Jesse, handicapping the wire for having so many other characters. I think that Stringer Bell and versus Avon is way bigger of a showdown than Walt versus Jesse. Yeah, and I mean, I would compare it more to Walt versus Gus. In fact. It only briefly flirts with that height when they get into season five B and Jesse's going after Walt's money and helping him with the D the, the yeah. uh, police thing. Mm-hmm. Like I, yeah, I, I, they not even remote and the mutual respect and, and the viewing each other as kind of equals. And I mean, I, and then the way that that gets turned and poisoned by their own individual ambitions and greed. <laughs> yeah. I, I, to me, might be my bias, but uh, <laughs> uh, the social commentary on the drug trade of both series, season two versus season three. I don't think there's much social commentary in Breaking Bad. Yeah, I, I think it's more. Well, season three. I, I season think it's four, more individual. Season, human no, drama. Hamsterdam was season four. Okay, uh, that has huge social commentary. Sure, in season four. <laughs> but you, you, who's who is the. If you're going doing a junkie off, you got Jesse and Jane versus Bubbles. To me, Bubbles is living on the fucking streets, man, I, selling T-shirts out of a cart. I, I know. I'm like Jesse and Jane are attractive people. All right. You look at Bubs and like, you know, he's missing on, teeth. He's got he's, uh, his fucking skin is a disaster. His <laughs> hair is disaster. I mean, he lives on his wit and charm, but he lives in honestly like like abandoned houses and cargo containers and shit. Yeah. And like the death of Jane versus the death of whoever I mean, he had, he had two guys that, that died on him. I, I don't know. Now, you know what? I think a fair question would be the depths of Jane versus the depths of bubble. Like, I feel like Jane could get there. I feel like Jane could go real dark hmm. and maybe has in the past. Uh, I mean, but Jesse she... goes to the flop house. I would compare that kind of to a bubble situation. Well, and, you know, you, there's like there's further social commentary because Jane uh, is clearly from a some so, some sort of stable, loving home that has people yeah. that care for her. Jesse too. Jesse too. Whereas Bubs, I mean, you don't know it because he has one sister's got a shit together who has tried to help him enough times that you know, and he's stolen shit and and betrayed mm-hmm. her that she won't even let him back in his house unless he sleeps downstairs with the, the upstairs door locked uh-huh. and even then grudgingly. So it's like, I don't know, maybe, maybe they both had good home lives and, but 
by the time you get to season four and you look at like Dookie, like you compare Dookie to Jesse and it's like, huh. there's no fucking way that kid never had a chance. Um, not even remember that character. Really? No. Duquan. All right. Well, that's why I, I, I that's, 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 yeah, you, you, you don't know Dookie. You can't fucking compare oh, wait, Breaking wait, Bad wait, to wait. Wire. He was the kid that was dirt poor and didn't, and was kind of homeless. Yes. Okay. Duquan. Like I, I didn't rec- I didn't remember the name. He's the one that Pres- Presbo took a special interest in and helped him, and then he ended up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. St- you know, recover- succumbing to the life. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, the law and the futility of stopping the drug trade. You can't beat the wire on that. Yeah. I feel like, like I said, Breaking Bad like is not that kind of just, show. I feel like you're setting up, you're, you're setting a Breaking Bad for fall here, Justin. G. I have never said that Breaking Bad has <laughs> good good commentary on drugs or any of that shit. It's fucking entertaining. All right, multiple character arcs in The Wire versus the lead character arcs of Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad, I think, might edge it out. Okay, specific character arcs, probably. I mean, so I don't know, like. It's I mean, also who, it's hard to say who the leads are, but like Jimmy McNulty didn't change it, didn't learn a goddamn thing. Yeah, true. in 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 the whole series. Uh, uh, yeah, where Walter White definitely learns none of the criminals the really. I mean, you had a couple of the kids, like you know the one that Bunny Colvin took in. Uh, maybe he's a bright point. Uh, Michael turning into the next Omar. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's I, I might give it to the wall. I mean, the you know Chip, Mr. Chips, a Scarface pretty incredible yeah i mean there's some some great arcs i, I think you know a- avon and uh stringer bell those two arcs are really really good sure um those are kind of the standouts in my opinion um like i don't know uh what's the the female cops the female black cops name uh she has a really good arc mm, i really enjoyed her stuff yeah but she kind of turns into a mcnulty type character <laughs> all right what do you mean hard drinking <laughs> well i mean you know the 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 like life kind of dishonest of, cop sort of, of thing no the, the life of the murder police is hard on the family i mean oh, she yeah. had a stable uh home life with her lover and they took in this kid and... oh i'm not saying everything has to turn out roses i'm just saying it's a cool arc oh okay <laughs> like a compelling arc i think so anyway the lesbian version of mcnulty um all right yeah, sure so that's it okay I feel like we, people got their money's worth this time. I think so. I had a lot of fun. We, we with this all went all out on this episode. Yeah, uh, we'll be back. As always, if you week. didn't get enough, check out the Insider Podcast. Check out uh, Aria's thoughts on Cereable, which I always link in, in every show notes. And mm-hmm. uh, we will see you next week. It's going to be uh, man. Next I'm, week's a rough one. <laughs> Is it next week? Is it two thirteen? Uh, that's the death of Jane next week. That's in rough. I'm sorry. I'm 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 really dreading the plane crash. Oh, oh, that's what because you're I about. I literally have not seen that episode <laughs> since I think the first. I'd never gone back. I I not I've not seen a lot of season two for that reason because it's kind of stigmatized in my mind. Yeah, I'm I'm kind I'm I'm hoping that I have something useful to say. It's not just me shitting on it the whole time. We'll see. But you don't have to find that out next week. Nope. We can wait. We can postpone that a week. Uh, We'll be back next week. Thanks, everybody. See ya. Bye.